Hi there and welcome back to the ESPN Footy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the ESPN Footy Podcast. The home and away season is done. We have completed it, mate, and we are now racing towards finals. It is unbelievable how quickly this season has gone, but we've been dished up some absolutely phenomenal footy. So we cannot wait to talk to you all about round 10, the final round, and obviously have a little look forward to yeah, look forward to the first week of finals. But before we get into all of that chat, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For today's episode, you have me, Marissa Lodnanik, and Sarah Burt. So, Sarah, there was so much happening over the weekend. It's been a big few weeks in footy, huge couple of finals games coming up but let's quickly recap round 10 so we had the dogs securing their place in the eight with a three-point win over the blues the lions were 45 point winners over the pies the d's came so close to nabbing that minor premiership they beat the eagles by 78 points the crows beat the saints by 16 the cats were huge winners over the swans one by 75 frio beat the hawks by five points essendon beat port by 27 the kangaroos and the tigers drew 27 points apiece so obviously we will be talking about that and to round us off the giants beat the suns by 12 but like i said that draw between North and the Tigers. That is absolutely where we have to start today's chat. Can you even believe that we have had yet another draw and just how dramatic and chaotic this specific draw was in the context of the whole season? Wild. (laughs) It's actually been crazy. And when you look at the blowouts and the score margins and the draws, is this our fourth draw that we've had? this season yeah I think it's probably the fourth it's actually insane because it's so uncommon and for some reason we're seeing it more and more I feel I feel sad for the Tigers because I think that it would have been really nice if they had a huge big win and it was this triumphant the Tigers are here and they've had a great season comparatively to what they've had and um and they've one by a mile but I think probably um, when we look at both the teams and the seasons they've had it's it probably actually is representative of of the way that they've played so I think if we look at um, at wrapping up the season and how that ends I'm glad that they're both in the top eight and I'm glad that we're going to see both of them in finals not that we've asked for predictions yet I don't think that we're going to see any of them, either of them, sorry, go the whole way. But I think it's really exciting to have teams like this that are up and coming and consistently showing themselves more and more and more, um, particularly in the trajectory of different seasons as well. Like they've, the depth has improved um, season upon season and particularly for, well, the Tigers, we all know they've improved vastly, Um, but a team like North who have been pretty good um, throughout their time, but to, they've lost a fair few key players. So to get into the top eight without Kate Ashmore, without some of their key players that have that experience, I think it's really exciting. But, yeah, it's 
it's really, I'm not a numbers woman, but it is crazy to see these draws because we've just never seen it before. And to see that and then also see huge blowouts, which we'll talk about later, um, it's, it. I don't know how we explain it really. I don't know if you've got any opinions on how to explain it, but um, it's it's pretty mad. And particularly looking at these two teams, we don't have any giant injury news. There's no huge outs. It's not like anything had changed significantly from the last few weeks. So um, it's actually just pretty hard to explain. The only explanation I can even come up with is that these teams really are that evenly matched, that these really close and sometimes, you know, unsplittable that's a word results kind of occur you know what I mean so I totally agree with you in the sense that I'm sure Richmond would have loved to have made the statement but I'm pretty sure they will love making that top four bagging the double chance Uh, I reckon they'll all be very happy down at Tigerland that that's the way the chips have fallen but conversely and I've written this in one of the um AFLW previews that you will see on ESPN.com.au that the fact that North dropped to eighth from this result really does speak volumes about just how close the ladder was this season and particularly that bottom half where the smallest kind of margins really did kind of throw some curveballs. So it was so weird, so bizarre, but such a great game for the neutral. So exciting. I think the margin never exceeded 12 points from memory. So it was always close. There was so much pressure. All of the guns were on display. It was just really exciting. So the fact that we're hopefully going to see more of that kind of footy in the next few weeks, I am really, really looking forward to it. But it's just, it's really exciting. But I must say, I do agree with you. I don't see either team going too far into finals. Um, just because they've both been, I suppose, a bit up and down, a bit surprising. Richmond, I suppose, has been the bigger surprise out of these two teams. You didn't, I didn't expect them to be making the eight this season, if I'm being honest. But if this is the kind of footy that they're dishing up, I'm very excited for the next few weeks of footy. It's really exciting. And you're right. It is the disparity because when we were talking about, well, they must be so evenly matched, it's so odd when you look at the numbers on the ladder that they're so far apart comparatively to having eight only 18 teams but when you look at (laughs) the percentage difference between the top two teams is 0.3 percent so that really tells you and it, it really doesn't change that much throughout the top eight so that really tells you that it was it's actually neck and neck and I suppose the only thing I would say is that beyond that then there is a really big drop and we see the expansion sides and, and and all of that. And that's that's another discussion for another day. And maybe next year we'll have more of a leg to stand on to discuss the disparity in the competition. But amongst the top eight, it's, um, it's really impressive. And I think I've shot myself in the foot because um, last week we talked about whether the, um, the top eight were solidified or the top four. And I said, yep. That absolutely, this is good. This is it, and I'm wrong. And it's really, it's it's actually really exciting for the league because we know how much player movement there is between the draft and trade in the draft and trade period, rather. And um, and so 
that's a really good thing for the entire league, I think, because even the teams that didn't make the top eight will be looking at this and thinking, well, hell, maybe we actually do have a chance next year. Um, it's It shows how important gelling, um, the gelling of players is because all of the teams, inclusive of the bottom eight, all have really experienced players. There's no teams that you look at and there isn't, a player that's played a lot of finals that has that experience that's got leadership potential every single side has at least one of those players that has those values in there or those skills on their resume but it's really exciting for the league that um, we can have this really really neck and neck competition because it's actually really difficult to predict and even though we're about to do it it's really difficult to predict how it's going to go because they're pulling it out um, left, right and centre. And and for probably maybe the first time, this is without any statistical um, significance backing it up, it's probably for the first time not being um, uh, backed up by, sorry, it's not being influenced by injuries because there are still a lot of players that have been injured and come back and we I mean, we know that there's some significant players that have missed a lot of the season. But in the last few weeks, there hasn't been any major, major injuries in some of those top sort of four, six, eight teams. So we know that it's actually just being judged on how they're playing and that's super exciting. Feel the need to just like knock on some wood before we put the moz on any big injuries in this first week of finals. But the other kind of neck and neck result that you alluded to there, which I think we absolutely need to talk about now, was the race for the minor premiership. Pretty sure on our roundtable on ESPN.com.au, we were all like, no, I feel pretty confident about, you know, the Lions winning that should be fine. They're probably going to put a big score on the pies because the pies aren't doing too hot at the moment. And yes, the D's have the Eagles, but can't see them overcoming the the gap, the percentage gap. And then the D's <laughs> went and got within 0.3 of a percent of taking the most unlikely minor premiership you have ever seen. So were you surprised at how close the D's came to actually finishing top of the table? I don't want to say no, <laughs> but I I think that, again, the finals experience and the genuine hunger that they must have to be in the grand final again, be bloody keen, <laughs> sorry for saying bloody, keen to to be there. And I think that's possibly where it's come from. I mean, they, they're missing Eliza McNamara, but apart from that, I think they've got some of their, they've got most of their key players there. And when you look at players like Kate Hall, I mean, obviously Daisy Pierce, Taylor Harris, they've got people that are just one-eyed, hungry to get in there. And again, it's that finals experience. And I think we saw them play a finals level game in round 10. So for me, I think they probably went out there and and played it as a premiership game. Um, and it was really exciting. So yes, I am. <laughs> I am surprised, definitely surprised. But I think that they've got that. And because they were in the grand final last year, they do know 
how to play a really high pressure game. And I think that um, that's absolutely what we saw because um, there was no stone left unturned. Um, and I'm pretty excited to see what happens this week. I like that you described it as they went and played a premiership game because in my mind that's the only way to explain what happened because I didn't expect the Eagles to beat them, but I also didn't expect them to offer up very little resistance, only score a point and kind of just be traffic cones on the field where the D's players were just running around them. So if they're already in that mindset and they're kind of, I suppose, fine-tuning those things and getting those motors going. It's a very scary proposition. And like you said, every kind of line was firing. I've put it in our little rundown. I have Kate Hora as maybe a, a sneaky chance for the BNF or maybe a, a late-season surge makes the, the final couple of rounds of the count interesting because she's just been so good for the Ds in what has been, you know, a very good team. So would it surprise me if we see her her name up there uh, when we're doing the count for the BNF, to be honest. I had her as mine too. <laughs> there we go. I just, I, Yeah, like I said, I just think she's been so phenomenal, but the Ds as a whole have been super phenomenal. But then the Lions have also been phenomenal. The fact that they were able to kind of just dispatch Collingwood, who have not had a good two weeks to end the season. I did some math. They lost their last two games by a combined margin of 77 points, which is, I think, safe to say not the way you want to be leading into finals. But um, is it is it still, I suppose, a two-horse race in your mind that it's, it's the Ds and the Lions? Like if those two teams aren't playing on the final game of the season, something might have gone amiss here? No, not at all. I I think it's going to be Adelaide and Brisbane. Um, I I genuinely believe that because Adelaide have that experience, that they're going to go the whole way. Um, and this might be a really embarrassing listen in a couple of weeks, but I I genuinely still think that it's going to be um, the Crows and the Lions. I think because they've got that, um, and as I said, I'm probably. Um, digging myself a hole here because I just said that Melbourne are already playing like they're in a grand final. But I I think one thing that we have all seen so much of in the seven seasons of AFLW is that experience in finals wins you flags. And, I mean, maybe that's just because Adelaide are the best and that's just the fact of the matter and we have maybe haven't got the drafting and the trade right all of that the system maybe it needs to be altered but um we've seen like we've got a total dynasty in the crows and if we're looking at past performance i think the crows are going to be in there because if we if we look at who's there we've still got um i think maybe six or I haven't got the number, but six or seven or probably more players that have played in all of those grand finals. Actually, I think there's five that have played in all three of them um, and a similar amount that have played in five of the finals that they've been involved in. And so I just don't think you can beat that kind of experience and I think that they're used to that. They've got their systems down pat and I don't think they'll have to worry about nerves and all of those things that we know come into play in finals because 
it's really distressing when you see teams like say like the Tigers or or Melbourne who really they deserve to be there after pushing really hard all season but I just don't think that you can beat um, that kind of match experience so no I actually think we're going to see the Lions and the Crows what do you think? I, I just can't go past the Lions and the Bees to be because every time I watch them, I'm like frightened and in awe of them, just the way they go about it. I will say, and I'm sorry to bring this up again, but it makes me laugh every time I remember it. In my mind, you're you're sticking with the Adelaide Brisbane because it's close to your original season prediction, which was <laughs> Port Adelaide coming second. So if an Adelaide team is somewhere in that grand final, your predict- <laughs> you can kind of half claim the prediction. And I'm sorry to bring it up, but like I said, it makes me giggle every time. I, I think, think we can safely it. say the Port Adelaide prediction has gone to God. I think I think we can all crucify that. I sound very religious. Which I, yes. I think <laughs> Crucify me for it now. We don't need to talk about it again. Port Adelaide is gone. <laughs> I won't bring it up again. I just had to bring it up one last time because it makes me giggle and it makes me happy. I'm obsessed with Eric about it. <laughs> Aren't we all, though? Honestly. Um, we'll be weird not seeing that little blonde top knot in finals these next few weeks, but no doubt that the, uh, the pie, not the pies, the port, oh, my God. No doubt that Port will be pushing for some finals footy next season, but let's move into finals mode. Let's start talking about these four games that we have. So basically, we've got our two qualifying finals, our two elimination finals. Let's go through all four of them and basically who's winning and why because that's what the people want to hear. So we start things off, the Ds and the Crows, the grand final rematch, Friday night at Princess Park. The Ds won their round one matchup by 18 points. Who's winning and why? I, when I look at it on paper, it's a tough call, but I've just said that Adelaide are going to win. Um, I, I do think Adelaide, um, I think they've got final success under their belts. And I think the experience of knowing how to do that surpasses the hunger of getting a premiership. I think that their structure is far more aligned than Melbourne's, just not far more, but I think their structure is more aligned than Melbourne's just in terms of um, uh, making space, knowing the play and particularly their forward line um, is obviously elite because that's how you win games, but their back line and, that's the one thing that we've talked about so many times on this podcast before is the back line is so insane on both of these sides. But I just think that um, the Crows know how to, how to move it from their back line and outside to their wingers. And I think maybe that for Melbourne, I mean, as I mentioned, they're missing Eliza McNamara and I, I know people aren't as keen on Eliza McNamara as I am. Um, everyone knows she's great, but I just think she has so much potential. And I think when she has a good game, she has a really great game. Um, and so missing someone like that, I think there's speed, um, down the side. I, I genuinely just think that Adelaide are better at finding space. And I think they're better at moving the ball forward off their back line, um, than Melbourne, which, I mean, we saw in the grand final last year, that's where, that's where they lost it. But also the accuracy in front of goals. 
And a lot of that comes from nerves. So they're going to need to, sorry, they being Melbourne, are going to need to get on top of their nerves if they want to win because you can't miss in front of goals, obviously. You can be the best side in the world, but if you don't get numbers on the scoreboard, then you can't win the granny. So um, I... I think that that's the way it's going to go, um, which is disappointing because I would love to see the D's win, but I think that it's going to come down to experience. And as we've said, finals footy is a totally different kettle of fish to the home and away season. So um, that's where I think it's going to go, but I'm very keen to hear why you think they're going to win. Yeah, I, I do think the D's are going to win. And my thought process is very much that obviously can't discount Adelaide's finals experience. I would be very silly if I discounted Adelaide's final experience. So my thought process is that the D's are definitely not going to have it all their own way. I'm expecting another really close contest. I just, everything I've seen from Melbourne that we were talking about the drive and the hunger and the years of kind of almosts for the D's, that has to culminate eventually in something. And for me, this season is the season where everything kind of falls into place. They make it to that grand final and maybe they win. I still think the Lions will probably win, but that's neither here nor there. For this game specifically, I think there's still all the momentum that they've built, not just over this season, but over the last few seasons where they've just been kind of building and building and getting that little step better and better. I see that finally kind of coming to fruition for them and them getting the win. But by no means am I expecting another, you know, 70-odd point win over the Crows. I definitely don't think that's happening. I think it's going to be a much tighter contest, but I do see the Ds getting over them. And then, obviously, the Crows will be lucky. They'll have the double chance if my version of events eventuates. But, um, yeah, I just... There's something about the way the Ds are going about it. They've had their little, you know, rocky moment. Um, I'm also really curious. I really like that you mentioned the uh, the accuracy thing, the fact that they're not playing at Casey Fields, how much of that is going to be a factor? Like is are the conditions of an enclosed Princess Park going to help the Ds? It certainly did uh, last season when they played at Optus Stadium. They had that enormous win. I can't remember who against, but could work out well for the Ds. So, yeah, like I said, not expecting a a blowout or a big win to the Ds, but I do think that they will get over the top of the Crows in the end. Well, that's going to be a factor, um, and maybe we should chat about it later on, is the locations of where the finals are being played because um, with T20 cricket, um, there's a lot of the venues that ordinarily would be played at uh, well, this season, um, now that we're being allowed to play at some of the biggest stadiums, uh, they're not being played at due to cricket. And um, I don't know if we say it's poor planning or, I mean, we can't, we we don't know the reasons, but Nicole Livingston said today in the um, press conference for the launch of the AFLW finals that, that they are doing some last-minute scrambling to try and work out how things go with with the locations because if the Lions do make it to the grand final, they're given home playing rights and there's cricket at the Gabba. So there's there are some other considerations is that some people's home grounds won't be 
available for them to play at. And so that is an interesting point that you make because, you know, we all know there's a massive home ground advantage, particularly for some of the um, for some of the teams that aren't in Victoria because that's what they're used to. It's where they train. It's where they play. It's what they've always known. They've grown up watching it. It's just that familiarity. So um, that will actually be something really interesting to take into consideration, particularly in the early days of the finals, um, but particularly the grand final will be really interesting if Brizzy do make it to see uh, where, I mean, Nicole Edmondson said today they have a really good relationship with cricket and, and they might be able to negotiate something. And hopefully they do. But um, it was also interesting <laughs> having that conversation and um, everyone assuming that Brizzy are going to be in the grand final. <laughs> I don't know how you navigate that conversation um, without being biased, but um, it will be interesting because um, obviously in the last couple of seasons, we've made a huge inroads in having, particularly this season, in having AFLW games at some of the biggest stadiums. And, unfortunately it's looking like that may actually not be an option purely because the stadium's already booked out. And it's, it's a wild thing to think about, but we will obviously say it in this first week of finals as well. So the other qualifying final we have is Brisbane taking on Richmond on Saturday Arvo at Metricon, not at the Gabba. So it's going to be really interesting. The I suppose the Queensland weather will be the same at the Gabba as it will be at Metricon, but who do you see winning from this game between the Lions and the Tigers? Obviously, the Tigers handed the Lions their only loss of the season. So is there is there a revenge narrative to this game a little bit? I, I want to say that the Lions just totally have it in spades. Um, I think they do, but it's stranger things have happened and we've already seen it happen this season. So how can we, how can we possibly say that? I think, um, I think because the Lions have bounced back since that loss, it's their only loss. I think they will have it. But having said that, the Tigers have had a fantastic run since then. Granted, they have had a easier draw, Um but they're also historically a worse team. So <laughs> how, how do you compare the two? It's pretty it's pretty hard to know. But I think, I mean, because I've said I think Brizzy are going to be in the grand final, I think we're going to see Brisbane win. Again, finals experience, all of that that we've already gone over, I think that's going to get them over the line. Um, I mean, I know they don't have the home ground advantage, but they don't have to travel um, and we know that with AFLW players, a lot of them have, well, they all do, have lives outside of footy and jobs and all of that other stuff. Um, and it's the second season that they've played this year. So some of them have, have not been able to take time off work and all that thing. I think that we will see teams that have to travel. I think we will see that as even more of a disadvantage because they, they don't get the opportunity to rest. They don't get the extra few weeks that maybe some of the men's teams would get um, during the season um, to really prepare for that. So I, I think I think it's going to be Brizzy, yeah. I'm tipping Brisbane as well, but I suppose the, the good thing for Richmond is that they're, they're hot girl hot streak, as I love to bring up because it just fills me with so much joy. Their hot girl hot streak got them into that top four. So even if they 
can't replicate their efforts against the Lions, they have that second chance and that's really important in the context of this season. And also, I suppose, for a team that hasn't ever played finals, getting that do-over, not a real do-over, but that second chance where you gain that finals experience in the process, it could be really, really invaluable. So we are both in agreement on the uh, Lions winning that one, but let's have a look at the elimination finals where if you don't win, you go home. So the Cats and North on Saturday night at Cardinia Park. North beat the Cats during the season. Will they beat them again? I've got the Cats. I No, I think the Cats... Um... Oh, I just think the I think the cats um, they deserve a win. I which I mean obviously doesn't doesn't give them a win. Um, I think the main consideration when I think about that game is that we're still waiting on Georgie Prasparkas's testing um, to see how she goes. She's got an ankle injury, so um, if Georgie doesn't play, I think it actually will be anyone's game. Um, which is pretty wild to say about such a young up-and-coming player. But calling her up-and-coming, I think, probably doesn't do it justice because she really, really is. She's the youngest player to get the record amount of um, of touches in a game this season. She's been just indomitable, even though she had two weeks off um, with suspension. So um, I, it's hard to say before we know um, the verdict of that. But I think that Geelong have it. I think um, the way that they've played, um, they've been really, really consistent. Um, And I also think that um, judging by North's game last week, I think that um, maybe Geelong, maybe this is sort of the good end of their season. Maybe they really are. Um, Maybe they really are improving and maybe it really is. They're the peak of their fitness and, and they're ready to go. I think, again, with it, a lot of things, it's hard to tell. Um, but I think, yeah, they'll be sweating on that Georgie Prasparkas ruling um, absolutely. I think there were some question marks over Emma Carney as well. So I feel like there's some concerns for both teams and obviously they're going to be huge players in the conversation and how we end up tipping this game. I really don't like, I've been looking at the two names while you were talking and I'm just like, I don't actually know who I think will win, which is obviously not good podcast listening material, but I really can't split them at the moment. Cause as you said, I feel like the cats are definitely in a bit of hot girl hot streak, just so I can say it again. Um, they've had a really strong second half of the season, but I put in our AFLW finals preview that North are probably one of the best eighth place sides you'll see ever, just with the way they play their footy and all of the stars they have across the park. So I really don't know how to tip this one, and I have a bad feeling I will end up just flipping a coin because I genuinely don't know how to split them, but... The other elimination final we have on Sunday Arvo at Victoria Park is the Pies and the Dogs. They haven't played yet this season, so this is the first time we're seeing them. If you had seen this matchup maybe halfway through the season, I feel like, not to speak for you, but I probably would have comfortably tipped the Pies. But because of the kind of uh, streaks of these two teams and their form of late, does this one feel a lot closer than it probably could have? 
Absolutely. And I think I'm I'm excited for the doggies because it's obviously the first time since their premiership in 2018 that they'll get some finals action. But um, it's hard to know because although although Collingwood have been so strong and I just can never I can't get past Collingwood's defense. They're so strong and I think that's what has got them into finals so many years in a row but they've just never ever been able to go the whole way um and sort of as you said before with Melbourne maybe it's just a feeling which I thought was quite a sort of spiritual way for you to say but it is maybe I actually think that um it's Collingwood's time to shine I don't think they're going to make it the whole way but I think they are they are going to get through um Again, if we're talking about things that they'll be sweating on, Ruby Slyshaw, we're still waiting to hear about whether she's going to be there. That's going to make a big difference. But their marking game is one of their biggest strengths. And um, Makala Can, sorry, Michaela Can, spelt Makala, <laughs> she, she got player of the match last week. Um, and she's crucial in their tackle count. She's like she got five tackles um, and was named player of the match. She's... Um, huge defensively for them. So it's great to see that people like that are going to be able to step up. And so um, I actually do think that that Collingwood are going to make it. I know that the Doggies, um, obviously, they've got Ellie Blackburn, but I just don't think, I mean, that's not the only reason. (laughs) But, um, I mean, we did see in the last game that um, it was the only reason that they won she got the match winner um but I just think that um I I think that we're going to see the pies get through I do agree with you even though it breaks my very biased bulldog's heart to say that I'm sure Nathan Burke and the bulldogs will not agree with what I'm about to say but for me the win for them this season was making finals that was kind of their box that they wanted to tick, needed to tick, and they've done it and they did it quite well for most of the season. So for me, they've kind of run their race a little bit and I won't be surprised if the Pies win, even though they have had a very poor last two weeks of the season. So we are in agreement in that sense that I do think the Pies will be progressing through to the next round of finals. But I think... That's that's all we'll talk about for today. Obviously, make sure to tune in to all the finals. We will have a finals preview over on ESPN.com.au and there is undoubtedly going to be so many things to talk about after these four games and we absolutely cannot wait to talk about them with you all next week. So we'll catch you all then. Listen to all the latest episodes by subscribing to the ESPN Footy Pod wherever you get your podcasts.